What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, back with another episode. Now, this is technically our two-minute drill episode, but you know the storylines really are all about fall camp right now. So, what we did is we we just kind of switched two-minute drill into like our fall camp storyline episode. So, for the rest of the week, unless something just outrageous happens. You're going to get fall camp storylines every morning right here on the Blue Bloods, man. So we're going to pick two, three teams, highlight the biggest question mark around them, kind of talk about what's going on in camp for them, and, you know, keep you guys updated on all things college football. I know a lot of big channels are doing this, but a lot of the small channels are kind of staying away from the fall camp talks. We wanted to bring it to you guys, get all our listeners informed. That way, hey, you guys can be ready for the season just like us. So, Brandon, we're going to get – so I, I kind of planned our trip, like, geographically. So we're going way out west first. I don't want to go out west last. So we're going up to Eugene, man, the Oregon Ducks. And I named this one just Anthony Brown is the key because there's been so much talk about how he's progressed through camp, what he's looking like, because I feel like, you know, even we've been talking on other episodes, our Patchwell previews coming up next week. So I'm sure we'll talk about it then. This Oregon team is loaded, Brandon, and the one true question mark is what is the quarterback position going to look like? Because Tyler Shaw did a great job winning the championship for them, but he transferred out. Now you got Anthony Brown, and the pressure's on because you have Ty Thompson behind him, who's the highest-rated QB recruit in the history of Oregon football, including over Marcus Mariota. So high praise for him. And as they look to repeat for you know their third season – Eric Scopel at Duck Territory for 247 Sports. Man, those guys have been doing a great job covering fall camp. So all this is, you know, what they've been reporting out of the scrimmages, private practices, things like that. Brandon, the latest for the fall camp for the Ducks comes out of the, the recent scrimmage they had in which they had an open practice, an open scrimmage for the media, some fans. And the storyline here is Anthony Brown performed very poorly. He went five for eleven uh, in passes before being set for the rest of the practice. He didn't. He didn't go in red zone. He didn't do some other situational drills they had at the end. So he performed terrible in the brief time we saw him. And what made it worse, Brandon, is he went one for six in the third down uh, part of the practice, in which he just the third down was not there. He was very inaccurate. And what at well, the reason this is a storyline, Brandon, is because Todd Thompson went five for six in the third down segment and looked very accurate. Uh, Mario Cristobal called him the best quarterback this weekend on the field. And, you know, a lot of people had questions about Anthony Brown. So according to Cristobal, he's still the starter, Brandon. This isn't a quarterback competition. Thompson's acting like it is, but for Cristobal, Brown's still the guy, and the reason they pulled him, Brandon, is they said that they they he felt like they overused his arm and wanted to avoid any more reps getting on the arm, that they've been tracking the reps the quarterbacks have been taking and wanted to avoid any injury issues, which we know Brown has had those in the past. Um, Brandon, this really begs the question, man. If Brown struggles early, everyone knows they got Ohio State in week two in Columbus. So, yes, experience matters there, which is why Brown's, of course, the favorite. But if he struggles early, could we see Thompson more than expected? So the question is, would Thompson be a better option to win the Pac-12 than Brown? So your thoughts on the recent reports, Brandon, and this, you know, non-quarterback battle, even though we know it could be one later down the road. 
I don't know what a non-quarterback battle is. I don't know why Mario Cristobal is coming out here saying that. Like, yeah, I, I respect what he does as a coach, and I respect the way that he addresses the media. But at the same time, like, is, is there not always a quarterback battle? Is there not always a, a positional battle for any position on the on the football field, Zach? You're going to play your best player. And I understand, you know, Anthony Brown was the assumed starter coming into this season. But Ty Thompson, man, if what we're hearing out of fall camp is true, it might be worth it to let him get a few snaps. You know, maybe start Anthony Brown. Maybe he's just, like, kind of losing his footing. Maybe he's getting, like, cold feet over, over here right before the season starts. Uh, I don't know what the case is. But regardless, like, how I don't understand how this could not be a QB battle, right? Yeah. So if Ty Thompson's performing the way that we've heard he's performing, why not give him a shot? Uh I'm reading this uh, – who, who is this? Connor uh, Muldowney uh, from Fansided uh, sitting over here talking about about how um, he's comparing, you know, I don't – what is it called? It's like a, we learned in like English, whatever it is. So it, he's comparing uh, Ty Thompson. He's like Ty, Tam- Ty Thompson is to Oregon as Trevor Lawrence is to Clemson or Tua is to Alabama. So, like, he's that type of player for Oregon. Not necessarily saying they're all the same skill set, but, like, he is that generational talent at quarterback for Oregon. You know, you mentioned, you know, the Marcus Mariota um, comparison. Like, you know, maybe he could be like that for Oregon. And if that's the case, then I don't understand how. I know he's a true freshman. I know he's coming in. But I don't understand how he's not part of the quarterback battle. That, that part frustrates me. I, I definitely think it's closer than, you know, some people may assume. I, I feel like the thing is, though, Brandon, the biggest thing for Joe Moorhead is he wants – I think they're valuing experience, especially with that road trip. And what, talk about a true freshman having to go into the horseshoe and win in a primetime game over an Ohio State team that is going to be preseason top four, Brandon. And so I think that's where it is. But, you know, you, you mentioned like cold feet. I don't think that's what it is. I mean – you look at Brown's time at Boston College; he wasn't uh, he wasn't a superstar there. Yes, his his junior year in those six games was great, but Brandon at Boston College he graded out at only a forty seven in uh, when he was under pressure on passes where he was under pressure, and his accuracy rate beyond the line of scrimmage, Brandon, was forty eight point one percent. Right. So he made a living off of RPOs and things like that, which. That's a specialty, and in, in, in Moorhead's offense, that is a big part of it. But when you look at the quarterbacks that have been most successful under Moorhead, it's the ones that can push the ball down the field and make more throws. And for me, looking at it outside of experience, I don't even think Oregon fans who are tuned in now can argue Thompson's the better quarterback. I mean, just as of right this second, I mean, threw for over 10,000 yards, Brandon, in Arizona at high, in, in, while he was in high school. And all the reports coming out of Duck Territory and all these insider blogs are that Thompson looks poised. He looks focused. He may, His decision-making is that of an upperclassman. So for me, you know, I get why you want to give Anthony Brown the first shot, Brandon, because Anthony Brown was – fighting for the QB battle at the end of the season last year over Tyler Shaw and started in that Fiesta Bowl. The thing for me, though, is you say you give Anthony Brown the shot. Are you if it almost feels like if Oregon is almost conceding the Ohio State game for me? I I mean, my prediction for the game would be much better if 
Ty Thompson was a starter week two. And I, I don't know how you feel about that, but for me as an analyst looking at that game, even as a freshman, I think Ty Thompson gives this team that it factor to get them over a team like Ohio State. Because when you look at the, the program, Brandon, the wide receivers are probably the best they've had in – years with headlined by Micah Pittman. Then you look at the running backs with Da and Verdell, who both have been Verdell was the MVP of the Pac-12 championship two seasons ago. For me, I don't understand why or why Oregon is kind of just saying, okay, we're going to go with the experience position because they have experience everywhere else. And so the experience is there. You want to put your best player on the field. They're going to ease them into it. For me, the key is I don't think they want to play him against Ohio State Week 2 and put them in a situation like that. But if they lose that game and they lose it convincingly, Brandon, I have a hard-pressed time that Anthony Brown isn't fighting for his job. And we saw last year when Tyler Shaw started to decline a little bit, Mario Cristobal didn't hesitate to throw Anthony Brown in there. I think it's the same kind of case. When you look at their schedule, after um, Ohio, after Ohio State, they play – um, I think it's like a D2 team, week three. Then they have Arizona, which is a great Pac-12 test because you're better than them. You're going to win that game unless, you know, a historic upset happens because Arizona's first-year head coach, everything like that. You should win. If Anthony Brown can't perform against Arizona, when you've got Stanford coming in the next week, you better have something better. So I think Todd Thompson's future solely relies on how uh, on how Anthony Brown plays for the first four to five games of the season. Yeah, I think you're right, Zach. It's it's. I don't know. I'm still focused. I'm still like over here frustrated about the QB battle comments. Like, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to be like, oh, I am confident in our starting quarterback. He doesn't want to make him like second guess things right now, right before the season starts. But there's always QB battle. Like, like no matter what he says, you better believe the QB battle. Listen, it's always a QB battle when your backup is better than your starter. Ask Jalen Hurts how late it can oh, happen. I was going to mention that, but I thought it was a little bit different because Jalen Hurts was still a Heisman contender. That, well, it's a, it's a different. I think Jalen Hurts is better than Anthony Brown, but you know, everyone knows what I meant by that comparison. But let's go to SEC country, man, as we move on from Oregon. Um, any Oregon fans in here, comment below y'all's thoughts on Anthony Brown. But we got to go to the Georgia Bulldogs, man, over in Athens. And it, the, the headline's simple, Brandon. DB is – the biggest question along with wide receiver. And, you know, I think, you know, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but Gilbert's not on campus. That was the other report. You know, it was mental health stuff, man. We wish that kid the best of luck. We want to see him succeed. So I'm hoping he gets his life back in order and where it needs to be to compete, man. We aren't going to be a channel that that we've seen criticize him or put a kid down. So uh, that's all we're going to say on that, man. We hope, we hope, we wish him the best, and I, I know Brandon echoes that. So I'm focused on the DB room, Brandon. They're one of the favorites, but they they lost Tyson Campbell. They lost Eric Stokes. They had a few transfers out of there. The Alabama transfer, they landed, and then he ended up leaving, I believe, and going to the JUCO route because he didn't qualify or something like that. So there's been a lot of turmoil in the back end of this defense while Georgia has the number one D-line and and one of the best linebacker units in the SEC already. So that secondary is the big question. They add Taki Smith from West Virginia, who was the, who had the highest coverage grade for any safety in the country last year at West Virginia, where they led the country in pass yards per game allowed 
in the country over there uh, for the Mountaineers. And then, Brandon, five-star Keely Ringo steps in, and Lewis Kahn at safety also steps in. They're going to expect to be the leaders, but there might be a new name for people to learn. According to Rusty uh, Menzel of Dogs 247, Amir Speed, Brandon, has been playing out of his mind. He senior, comes- right? Huh? He's a senior, right? Yeah, he's a senior. And he has everything to prove this year, and it looks like it's paid off. He was a four-star recruit out of Florida. He's been mostly a special teams contributor, but he has seen Tom in over 35 games over his four years. Yeah. So he has a little bit of experience under his belt, which is good when Ringo has never even taken a snap. He didn't even see the field last year for Georgia. And you've got a lot of question marks in terms of chemistry and things like that. Speed in the in the scrimmage this past weekend, guys, had a pick six, multiple pass breakups, and is really kind of emerging as that other cornerback to go alongside Ringo in the backfield because, you know, Tyke Smith's going to be uh, that star slash safety position for the Bulldogs. You have Lewis Kahn or Kahn at uh, safety as well. So for me, this is huge for depth for the Bulldogs at minimum. Even if Amir Speed doesn't end up starting, which I think he could, because Brandon, he's the he's the rank, I guess he's the longest corner they have on the depth chart, and he has the most experience by far, you know, with Tyke Smith. So my question for you, Brandon, is how big is this for the Bulldogs, and could this development in the secondary be the final piece they need to make a true run for the SEC title this year? Their first since 2017. Well, it's absolutely huge, Zach, and I think it's even bigger than we're leading on right now because this is a guy who's been on this team for four seasons. You know, this is his fourth year coming in, and it's a guy who's grown with this team, who's seen what Kirby Smart's put together in Georgia, who has been able to uh, mesh with his teammates. He can be seen as a true leader on this team. So that's something that, like a transfer, a transfer, you know, sometimes can't do. They can't really win the support of the team. This guy has been with the team from the very start. He's been on the team longer than most of the other members of this team. So not only is his skill set going to, you know, put him in a perfect position, but I think, you know, him being at this school for four seasons will too. So, um, you know, his, his progression has been very noteworthy. Uh, like I said, I mean, this was the main thing I looked at when we were <laughs> when I was doing prep for this for this show, actually. Um, and I, I, you know, if you go take a look at what am I on? I'm on georgiadogs.com right now. He did a full length interview with, uh, with some of their guys talking about, you know, how they're prepping for Clemson, how the team's meshing, stuff like that. So go check that out. Definitely. But dude, just by the way, this guy's talking even, and I've seen the film, but just by the way he's talking, like he is so confident. Like he's, he's kind of a humble guy too. So he's not putting it all on himself. He's like, Oh yeah, my teammates are there with me. I think we can definitely do this. We, 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 all this stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to what he does. And, yeah, Zach, I think this team is going to be scary. We haven't done our SEC preview yet, so I don't want to let on too much right now, but I am high on the Georgia Bulldogs this season. And, I mean, I also forgot to mention, Brandon, they also have De'Aaron Kendrick, five-star yeah. Clemson yeah. transfer. Also, so I, I'm assuming speed will probably slot into that, like, slot corner role, um, which is fine. Uh, it's fine. And it also gives them some versatility on where they can put people in the backfield. So Tyke Smith can play multiple positions. Ringo and Kendrick have experience on being those boundary corners and also probably can travel if each of them are needed. And then you have speed. Who's a long rangey guy who can fit on one of their big tall wide receivers. So I, you ha- so what George is giving the most is where you can really get into your bag 
and Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart can really get into their defensive play calling and scheming. And what this is going to do is make it a very interesting week one against Clemson. DJ is not going to just be able to throw it around the yard. They have answers now. Yes, will, will they mesh? Uh, is the chemistry there? Those are all big questions. But, Brandon, from the looks of it, this Georgia defense has retooled very nicely, especially on the back end. And it looks like the Bulldogs are gearing up for a strong run. And with Florida, who we're going to get to next, looking like they might take a step back in the east, this team could be very interesting when you look at them moving forward in 2021. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, stick around because – your, big, your, your biggest rival is right here with the Florida Gators and Brandon. You know, we've been we've been fairly positive. I guess the Anthony Brown segment was a little 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 dark, but you know, this one's gonna be bad. If you're a Florida fan, probably not gonna love what you're hearing. And I'm they, off, really. That, do what? Well, you wouldn't maybe just turn the video off. Like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. A lot of Florida fans, from what I've been reading based on what y'all are feeling, feel the same way. And it's the offense, offensive struggle. I mean, they lost a lot. You know what it reminds me, Zach? And I'm not trying to be mean to any Florida fans out there. I hate you. I want you to know that. But I'm not trying to be mean. Um, this reminds me of the 2019 offseason when we all we heard all the reports out of fall camp about Felipe Franks and all that stuff. And then, you know, we saw what happened. It, nothing really came to fruition. Frank's got hurt. It, yeah. Just ignore Brandon. He's an he can't let he lets his LSU bias get him get in the way all the time. So don't 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 listen to anything Brandon says. But guys, I mean, Florida's coming off their best year under Mullen. They make an SEC East championship run. They get to the they they're what one possession away from possibly beating Alabama. They go to another New Year's Six bowl and you know, a lot of opt-outs. They get their doors blown off by Oklahoma. And Brandon, I mean, the offense, what, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius, Tony, the offensive line had some big question marks. His offensive line and running game last year, guys, even as good as Florida was, had a lot of issues. It was so inconsistent. It probably cost them the Alabama game. It probably cost them the Texas A&M game. And so Florida's got to figure that out. They have a lot of running backs returning. Damian Pierce is back. And also they land uh, Demarcus Bowman from Clemson as well. But there's also a lot of questions, you know, outside of Jacob Copeland, Brandon, there's not a lot of hype around any of these wide receivers. But this should just show you how far Florida has to go, Brandon. The Gators rank eighth in running backs returning for the SEC, 12th in receiving, and ninth in offensive line. So a lot of question marks surrounding this team, and that leaves a lot of us and you know other experts wondering if Mullen could continue his success with what he has on offense. The staff over at Swamp 247 has been doing a great job reporting on camp. And, Brandon, the Sunday night scrimmage had – I think that was – that post had so many pages of comments and freakouts and questions because according to, according to Swamp 247, the quarterbacks in the scrimmage were sacked over seven times. The offense only generated 35 total rushing yards the entire scrimmage. And – and the reports coming out from the insiders called the scrimmage boring because the the defense dominated so much. And they said there were three explosive plays. One was made by a young safety who uh, was in the wrong spot, and they hit a big play. One was a jump ball that just went to the offensive wide receiver, and then they had one executed properly play that went for a big touchdown through the air. But uh, 
they had a, a pick six by um, Elam, and they had two picks by, a, a, I think it was a sophomore corner. I forget his name right now. So at least three interceptions we know of right now. And my question is pretty much this, Brandon. How concerned should people be for the Florida Gators in 2021? And let me just let me just note this before Brandon's bias just floods over and he tells you the world's fallen. This is just a scrimmage. The deep that you know, and the defense is always going to be ahead of the offense. We get that. I mean, I think Bryce Young threw a couple of picks through fall camp as well. Bo Nix has been having problems, but let's just not compare him. I mean, there's been a lot of reports of good quarterbacks struggling early in camp. So we're the world's not falling. But Brandon, on like a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you? If I'm Florida, I'm like a solid seven right now. I think like I'm like the panic button's right there, but I'm not hitting it yet. Um, I don't know, man. What's what really disappointed me during the scrimmage it was watching Emory Jones. I I feel like we've tried to tell the people Zach, we've tried to tell these good people that Emory Jones probably is not the solution here. Um, and from what I've been reading, even like Anthony Richardson, their backup quarterback, played like fairly well in comparison to Emory Jones. Anyway, um, I'm not sure. I, I think I'd be concerned if this were you know my favorite team or if this was the the team I was a part of, I feel like we're definitely not going to get the same floor that we got last season. There's just no chance. Like that team, that team was the team for Florida. I think if they were going to win a national championship in the next few seasons, that was going to be it. And things happen. I'm not going to bring up what everybody thinks I'm going to bring up, but things happen. Um, losses occur for penalties, whatever. Anyway, I'd be a little bit concerned if I were Florida. Uh, the defense looks solid, obviously, but but offensively, like this team, it, this team might struggle a good bit. Well, but like my biggest problem is like, yeah, the D line's probably pretty strong, I would say, but that secondary lost a lot of pieces as well. It ranks yeah. eighth in the SEC right now, so I mean, if they're picking you apart, that's I can't be strong. And like the the linebacking unit lost a lot of pieces. I mean. Ventrell Miller went to, um, you know, with what transferred to Jackson State. Mm. Um, and I, for me, um, the biggest thing, so I guess like my biggest concern is one, the offensive line was a problem for multiple years now. Last year it showed promise, but really and truly wasn't good enough to compete. Did you I mean, see Dan Mullen said he wants to, he wants to have seven guys in the offensive line rotation? Like what does that even mean? <laughs> like what offensive line well, rotation? Well, I'm well, okay. Well, my bad. No, not Ventrell Miller wasn't the one that transferred. It was James Houston that went to Jackson State. Ventrell yeah. Miller's back. That was my bad. I knew I messed that up. I was trying to think. I mean, so you always want to have seven guys ready because of injuries. I mean, I feel like if you don't have seven offensive linemen ready to go, then but in the you're rotation gonna, you're gonna, is the thing. Well, I mean, in the rotation for fall camp, yeah, that's weird. That, no, that's, no, it's not. Come on. You are tripping. The, and then the he's like, depth. I want to have 10 guys eventually. Yeah, of course you do. You want to have a backup for everybody, but that's not the rotation. You don't rotate offensive linemen. Uh, okay, I think you're just playing semantics. It's because you're an LSU fan. Stop yeah. it. If Coach O said that thing, I would tear him apart. That's a oh, stupid man. thing. No, no, it's not. It's, it's, you want We're to have guys. We're not talking about running back, Zach. We're talking about linemen. 
I, I think you're being defensive lineman. We're talking about offensive linemen. I think you're being crazy. I do because you want to have depth at offensive line nowadays. You have to, you do, but you don't rotate them, Zach. I don't. Th- he's going to rotate them early. They play FAU and USF. Okay. Me and you can line up and go play that play okay. for them. Okay, Zach. But guess what? They're going to need a rotation week one and two because guess what? You want to have your best five out there when Alabama comes to town the 18th. Yeah, of course. But are you going to play? Are you going to play your top seven guys against Alabama? Oh my God, you're you're ridiculous. This is this is ridiculous. I can't do a Florida topic with you on here anymore, man. Good you 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 run. Good lord. No, I mean the <laughs> you're good, bro. The the biggest the biggest issue for me is man, Emory Jones is a good quarterback. I got you, and he has a lot of potential. But man, I don't care who it is. If you gave Trevor Lawrence an offensive line that's given up seven sacks. He's not he's not going to perform well. I mean, you have to one protect the quarterback and two, Brandon, the, the thing that Emory Jones is supposed to bring you is help in the rushing game. 35 total yards. So the, the question here is where do you where do you think Florida's running game uh, rush uh, where do you think Florida's rush defense is going to rank in the SEC next year? Probably not top three. No. Probably not, maybe not even top five. But if we're going to be completely honest, because LSU, Georgia, Bama definitely are going to have some of the stronger defensive fronts in the conference. And then you might have put Florida, but I, I think when you look at the conference as a whole, Kentucky is going to be up there. That that defense is looking pretty stout. I think Auburn's front seven is one of is pretty good. So, I mean, I, I don't think Florida's defensive front is going to dominate people like that. I mean, but if – if Damian Pierce, Demarcus Bowman, and those boys can't establish the running game, Brandon, and people can just keep, like tee off on Emory Jones' offensive line can't block, they don't have to stack the box to stop anybody, I think that is a recipe for disaster for the Florida Gators. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at Alabama coming in week three, you look at Kentucky October 2nd, who's not going to be a pushover, then – you have back-to-back games against LSU and Georgia. Those aren't going to be pushover games. And if you are if you can't run the ball and, and can't really score at a consistent pace, Missouri and Florida State the final two weeks of the season isn't going to be easy. Right. It, it, it's, it's going to be a problem for Florida. I would say I would I would say a six, Brandon, if I'm going to put it on a scale. I think, yes, the defense is going to have the advantage, but – Man, it's August 18th. You're suiting up to play in just a few weeks. If that can't be sorted out, the Florida Gators are in trouble. And I've already said on this podcast, I'm not high on Florida this year, but this but this fall camp rumor and, and what's going on down in Florida really is concerning. And I think it's a more – so, yes, you can make the argument, yeah, the defense is performing out of their mind. But based on what we know, Brandon, I think it's more likely the case that the offense is just underperforming. I think you're right, Zach. Oh, man. But, guys, appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Make sure to subscribe. Hit that notification bell so y'all can stay with us, man, all through the season. We got some big announcements coming up. We'll be back tomorrow with another fall camp storyline. And we got some special episodes dropping um, in the afternoon all through the week, man. So make sure to tune into those. That's why you got to turn on your post notifications so you know when they're posted. 
And, guys, we appreciate all the support, man. Go check out Off the Ball Network, our new podcast network. We join, man. We got some – if you're a basketball fan, man, there's some great basketball content, great college football content as well with us and some of the other people we rock with, man. So, uh, definitely appreciate y'all checking that out. And subscribe now. Turn off post notifications. We'll see y'all tomorrow. But for B-Dub, myself, and the Blue Bloods, we are out. <laughs>